Holland uh, tweeted, how many times has Malkin put the team on his back, though? Many. Can we have a Malkin conversation and without... Greg is not wrong. No. He's not wrong. No, good point. But can we have a Malkin conversation without mentioning what's happening in Pittsburgh? They offered him three times five, 15 mil, and he's like, see ya. I mean, is Bergeron going to leave in Pittsburgh? Are they just going to sign Malkin with that money now? They're going to, and and he's got some good years still ahead of him. I don't know if it'll all be, uh, you know, hit the prime of what we saw in Pittsburgh, but he could still, under the right circumstances, help other clubs win Stanley Cups. Yeah. Pittsburgh is like that Fenway sports group being very calculated with these All right. guys. All right. Let's go to our first guest today. Uh, Jeff Merrick uh, describes him as the greatest, uh, what was that promo? Uh, the best storyteller uh, in hockey. Oh, God. When did you become this great storyteller? We've worked together for six years. I, every <laughs> weekend, on, I'm like, I don't remember him telling great stories. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can't believe you didn't remember that line, Nick, that commercials only run 11 billion times. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Now you've got a, a new one out there, right? With uh, yeah, with yeah, for, all, for, yeah. Um, what is it, uh, Google? Microsoft. 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 Microsoft, yeah. and I'm telling people, you know, I'm watching this commercial run like every three minutes um, for yeah. like four hours, and I go, you know, that's not acting. They're that geeky. <laughs> they're that they're that geeky in real life. That they're not acting. It was the easiest role I've ever auditioned for, put it that way, yes. yes. So uh when 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 a team like Toronto gets knocked out or maybe a, a few others in Canada, does your job get um easier or tougher because there's always these rumblings that start? Yeah. Well, I, I think Nick that this one I mean, there's a lot going on, right? You know, Vancouver, uh, we think they're going to turn over a chunk of their roster. Winnipeg's in a coaching search, and they may turn over a bit of their roster. Ottawa's going to try to do some things for sure. I mean, Toronto, we got some clarity today, but I I think they're trying to throw us off the sand a bit. And Montreal, like, we'll wait to see what they do heading into the draft. But it's busy. I mean, there's... Like, Nick, you've done this job. You know it. Like, on one hand, you're looking ahead to the games that night. On the other hand, you're, you're keeping, trying to keep your finger on the pulse, right? So there's, there's a lot going on. There's, there, there's no question about it. And these are big, big decisions for some of these teams, particularly the Maple Leafs. Fridge, I think the, you know, we had promoted you coming on earlier in the show discussing the comment just about the Kawhi trade, the DeMar for Kawhi and the Leafs potentially having some eye to doing something like that as a potential route for them. Could you expand on that a little bit? What, what would that look like for a Toronto Maple Leafs team? Well, this, this is what I think, Justin. Like, if you, if you watched and listened to the media conference today and you went back to last year, mm-hmm. like last year... They came on last year and they threw themselves on the mercy of the fan base. They said, we know how you feel. We feel the same way. And that's the way they began the press conference last year. But they, they talked forcefully about they really believe they have the right group and we're going to figure this out here. Now, this year, the message, the words might have been the same, but the tone to me was different. It wasn't as, 
whether you want to call it defiant or pleading or anything like that, to me, this one this year was more matter of fact. And what that says to me is that they do think they have really good players here who can win, but they recognize that something is missing. And they are going to identify what that is, and they are going to go out and try to find it. If you'll remember the summer of Kauai, Masai Ujiri, who Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan obviously know quite well, you know, he said DeRozan would be back, and he traded him. And that's why DeRozan was so mad, and Lowry was so mad. And, you know, he fired his head coach, with the, which the Leafs are obviously not doing. But what they, what they said publicly and what they did were two different things. And I think what they're saying publicly is we still believe that this group is talented enough to win, but what I think they're thinking is we know we have to fix something here. And some of that is mental, and some of that is they've got to add. Now, the things that I think they're going to target are not easy things to get. I think they are going to try to find, and I don't know if I can say this on the radio. I guess you can say it once. I think they're going to try to find an absolute prick of a forward to play in the top six. And I also think that if they don't sign Campbell, I'm very curious to see what they do in goal. Okay, um, let's before we go to goal, let's just talk about uh, either there's there's only uh, there's there's two ways, Elliot to go about this, that you're going to dip into one of your core guys to flip or you're going to go basement bargain hunting again for Kyle. Those are your two choices. And I think he has a third one. I think he has a third one, Nick. Okay, sure. And and the third one is, I know the Leafs don't have a lot of draft capital, but I think teams like some of their prospects. I don't think that's the road he wants to go down. But Elliot, you but can't I, you can't flip prospects for JT Miller and his five million. Well, you, I mean, obviously a salary has to be part of that. Yes, I I understand what you're saying, but that's key to the deal. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he has prospects that other teams like. I don't think that's the road he wants to go down, particularly for a rental. But I think if the right player was to come available for some of their, and it, it, it had to be a prospect, I think you will consider it. What like you've you've been you've been sending out first, second, and third round picks the last two years? Yeah, sort of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, do you want to win or do you want to like you got to? I mean, then you got to trust. Like, the one thing about Tampa is they find players. They mm-hmm. can do that because they find players. So, and, you know, last year, like, Toronto hit an absolute out-of-the-park Grand Slam home run with knives, it looks like. They took a kid who dropped out of the first round because he had a bad year, and it looks like he's a big steal. That's what you have to do. If you want to try to win in this league, that's what you have to do. You have to be willing, you have to be able to draft well in later rounds or with later picks. You don't get the best of the best, but you can still find good players. And you have to be willing to say, you know what, if we're in it to win it, we got to play this game. Tampa's done it, and they've proven you can do it. 
is there any chance like everything we're talking about is you know salary cap finagling and how do you wedge this piece in there because one of the foundational pieces is uh, takes up too much that's Tavares Tavares takes up too much of the salary cap for the value you're getting back is there any mm-hmm. chance any world where they would say to him would you have interest in playing somewhere else just so we know would you ever do this you know I could see a situation where they ask him, absolutely. I can't imagine the answer would be yes. But I think the answer with Tavares is, and I wrote it today and I said it on the podcast and on the morning show the other day, is I think they I think they should consider, do you go to Tavares and say, look, how do you feel about being like this hybrid center winger? You still take draws on your strong side. He can still play on the first power play. And he'll still get his points, but you don't play center all the time. We change some of your responsibilities and make you into kind of a winger in the system we play. Like, like I, the other thing I wondered, and I was talking about this with a few people, guys, is do they make Farmer, put Marner and Matthews on two different lines? I don't always like that idea because it's obviously works. Like, I mean, you get one guy with 60 goals and one guy who gets 95 points every year. But do you think you make yourselves a better team in the postseason with Marner and Matthews down the middle and Tavares on one of their wings? So hold on, let me get this straight. You're, you you want to re-sign Austin Matthews next year and you're telling him you're not playing with one of the best playmakers on the planet. The, look, I, like my question is, do you, my question is, Sign you're here. running back, like, well, Nick, but the thing is, I, like, I don't, but, like, if it was me, like, and I'm not projecting my feelings on Austin Matthews, but if I was as talented as Austin Matthews, and we all know he's got more talent in the tip of his toe than I do in my entire body. Don't sell yourself but, short, Elliot. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what, Nick, I want to win. I've scored 60 goals. Yeah. I want to win. Like, that's what I want to do. Like, Austin Matthews could go down as the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf ever. And he might if he wins a Stanley Cup. If you were like, I would just say, guys, like this, it's it's working for you guys, and we're happy with you guys. But we got to find a way to start winning some playoff series. And I think right now, like, do you guys like the fact that you're even asking me about Tavares' future says that you guys don't believe that they might they may be able to win with Tavares as your number two center. So if you can't move them. What about okay? Then you gotta maybe. What about moving him to wing, and then you've got to find another center, and those are hard to find. Well, you so can't what afford if, them, Elliot. You can't afford oh, them. So then why? So then what about saying to Marner and Matthews? How do you feel about yeah. starting next season as one and two centers? Yep. No, I, 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 even if you move for me, even yeah. if you move Tavares to the wing, it doesn't really change a whole heck of a lot. But I do agree with the idea that you got to try whether it's Marner at center or try. I, I, you, you, you've pushed it. I know. I, go back to our conversations. Yeah. I've, I've had this conversation yeah. with you. Matt, uh, Marner and, and Nylander are were original centermen. Mm-hmm. That's their natural yeah. positions. They've never, mm-hmm. they never flirted with it. They never, they never contemplated it at all. No, no, it's a good point and worthwhile to pursue. So, Freeze, when you talk about you know, potential big big guys and trades and adding a, uh, you know, uh, I, I think we've uh, concurred that no one got fired yet for saying absolute prick on the air. Uh, I, th- I think, you know, when you're looking at that, it can't be Matthews. It can't be Tavares. 
probably not Marner who's getting you 100 points and you were talking about playing at center. Is Nylander a guy that they're saying, hey, you know, he had a great year. Can we, Would you guys want, is it JT Miller? Are there guys out there that you can see that makes sense in a Nylander swap? Well, the thing is, like, I'm not even convinced it's necessarily going to be Nylander. Uh, I'm not. Like, the one thing about Nylander's contract now is it's it's good value for the money. Like, he drives me as crazy as he drives everybody else. But I, I don't know if we should be rushing. Like, it could be Nylander, but I don't know if we should be rushing to say it's 100% Nylander. Like, you know, like, like I'll tell you this. You know, if I was them, you know, one guy I'd be looking at, I don't know if they can afford him. They'd have to clean out some bodies. Is a guy like David Pratt. I like him a lot. He's old. He's old. old. He's old. But <laughs> yeah, he's, he's old. old. <laughs> I'm looking at him right now. He's awesome. Yeah, you need one year. You just need one year out of him. You're right. Yeah. But like, like, but, but if it's not, but the thing is, then, like, I'm looking at guys like, like, yeah, Miller. I mean, Miller obviously is 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 the is one of the top you could absolutely think of. Um, you know, do you go do you go and move heaven and earth to bring back Mason Marchment? Yeah. I mean, that's a, this is the where they're at this season. It's just like, what is available to them? And I think I wanted to hear more of that today, Fridge. I wanted to hear more, we know it needs to be different, rather than, oh, we're pretty good, you know, we'll, we'll, well see. You know what, the thing is, like, the thing is, to me, it's all about the tone, Justin. Remember what, watch last year's press conference and listen to how they sounded. And listen to how they sounded yeah. this year. But you, Dubis you, likes to be quiet. Yeah. He likes to be quiet. There's a lot churning under the water. I, I think there, there's there's too much propping up the the effort this year because last year they lied down like dogs. Yeah. That's that was the range. Like they're pumping up. Well, we were you know we were right there with them. Uh, we didn't have to worry about them trying harder or trying smarter because. Last year was such a debacle of a finish. Yeah. Yep. That's that's where it's like, okay, all right, you tried harder, really? That's where we are after six years of trying to get out of the yes. first round that we're yes. patting ourselves on the back because we really tried hard? Yes. Come on. Yeah. All right, um, one more for you, uh, or maybe a couple. I don't know how you are on time, but uh, we talked I'm good. about. I'm good. I'm driving, so I don't really have to pay attention. Well, to you're not anyway. shoveling. <laughs> you're you're not shoveling. You're not eating. You're not uh, cracking your water bottle. Um, it's all good for us. So far, you've been a, an outstanding guest. <laughs> Elliot. Um, there is a sense that the Leafs will upgrade their goaltending, and that doesn't necessarily mean that Jack won't come back, but there is a yeah. sense that they are not either overpaying Jack or giving him more term than they want to. Uh, I, well, I just I think that's probably true. Like, like, do you guys feel comfortable with Shalgren as the backup next year? Like, I, I probably would, considering what we saw of them this year, um, but they know him better than me. I, I mean... Dubas's biggest thing is he's got to extricate himself from uh, from Morazic. Yeah, you know whether it's buyout or what he's gonna, whatever he's gonna do, he's gonna have to extricate himself from him. I I do wonder. I have wondered, um, Nick, if 
if the big move is to be made, could it be there if they can't re-sign Campbell? Like, I do think Cam- I do think Campbell's going to get good offers. I-, I think he's shown that in a league now where goaltenders play 55-27, 50-32, he can handle that. And-, and I thought, I don't think you can blame him at all in the playoffs. So I do think there's a chance they've priced him out of Toronto. I always think you should try to sell – uh, try to. I always think you should try to sell to buy on the to buy on the people you know best. I'm just not sure they're going to be able to. And that you know, like the other thing too, guys is I think the quality of re- the, the number of real stud number one goalies in this league now is going down. I think there's fewer than I've seen in my lifetime. So I'm curious to see if Campbell doesn't resign. Is that where Dubas decides to strike for like? I don't know, a John yeah. Gibson or something. It, it's even, it's just hard to tell who's a stud too because now they split the net. You get 40 games, you get you have a bad stretch or something. It's tough to tell who's any good. Uh, last one for me is just Muzzin makes 5.6 this next year and 5.6 the year after. Um, you know, where would they stand on him? Seems like a guy they're just going to hang on to and as a part of their core, I guess. I think so. I just, I just don't know if, you know, that's like, like I, I still think that he brings something that you need. Yeah. And I think he wants to be here. And so unless you show me, like, I I wouldn't, like, I understand. I think they've talked pretty at length with Giordano about bringing him back at uh, a lower number. And I I think that's kind of what he, he's indicated that's what he wants to do. So I think that helps, but like, look, they're, they're probably, unless they trade one of these guys, I, I see a defense next year probably with Sandine and Lilligren in it. Yeah. You're going to need guys like Muzzin to play with them. Can we have one guy that's won a Stanley Cup to look at the other guys and go, this is what I can tell you? Yeah. One? Yeah, David Perron. <laughs> there you go. Who's David Perron's uh, agent that you're pushing right now? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm surprised that there haven't been tweets about this already. Yeah, we'll see. Give, give it a sec here. It'll happen. <laughs> um, other than that, Elliot, no no real surprise, eh, um, in terms of what you heard today out of Kyle and, uh, and Brendan. I, I don't think that they were really pushed all that hard uh, today. No, you know, the, the only uh, the only thing, Nick, that I, I wonder about is, you know, Dubas is one year left on the deal. You know, what are they going to do there? Yeah, he needs a new deal. Does that get, they uh, le- do they do they quietly or, do it without announcing it like they did Sheldon last year? Well, it, they could. I mean, nothing would. I mean, they I mean, they, they it wouldn't surprise me. I yeah. mean. You know, I, it's that that's happening more and more in the league now, Nick. Like, I remember a couple of years ago when you reported that Brian McClellan got extended. Like, they kept that quiet for a while. And teams like to keep that stuff quiet. Well, when it's not going well, it makes a lot of sense just to be quiet. I, I mean, I know Dubas and those the, that whole staff has let contracts expire on people. Could they do that with Dubas and just say, well, we'll see how this year goes and we'll talk if there's success? So They could. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux is going back to what's left on his contract, right? He didn't get he didn't get anything extended, did he? No, no, he did not. No, did, no, he, he did not. He he shopped around. He couldn't find another taker. I don't know. To be honest, I don't know how hard he really shopped around, uh, Nick. I, I like. I think right now, like I was talking to a GM the other night, just looking for a coach, and he said to me that there are so many coaches on the market right now. 
like you think about it, guys. Like think about how many former NHL coaches are looking for jobs right now. He said there's like he said he he said if you if every team was to hire a coach, he said there would still be 20 former NHL head coaches looking for work. He said it's a unless you really want a guy and. And I'll tell you, Barry Trotz is that guy. I think that he is really, really wanted. I think a lot of these teams are going to have the ability to pick between a couple of candidates and they really like. I, I would bet the market was a little bit soft, but not necessarily because he's, people don't like him as a coach. It's because I think a lot of teams right now, except if you really want someone like Trotz, they're going to hold the hammer in this. Vegas, George McPhee and I Trotz? Think- I think Vegas is one. I think Philadelphia absolutely is another. And Winnipeg is interviewing them today. I hear Boston's uh, contemplating making changes. Well, you know, the, the, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know that organization. You know that organization, Nick. There's not... It's not been a better time, I think, for a few general managers right now or uh, coaches no, available. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, that's like, and there's, and there's, it, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of guys out there that haven't, that are, that are, that were coaches that are available. There's assistant coaches. You know, people are looking for fresh blood. There's fresh, like, look, I mean, Nick, look at Claude Julian. He's 62 years old. He's coached the Olympic team and he's coached the World Championship team. Like, when it's in your blood, it's in your blood. All right, Elliot, we're going to let you go. Focus on the road. Thanks, Fridge. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks, take care. Thanks for not Good eating day. lunch during our show, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. It's too late for lunch and too early for dinner. <laughs> Elliot Friedman. Snack time's over. Bye. Hockey Night in Canada. Well, he was talking, I was thinking, Babcock, Quenville, Barry Trotz, Rick Tockett, Pete DeBoer, Paul Maurice, Claude Julien. Like, there's some names. Look, there's some choices. Out there. He, he hasn't thought about it. He no. Thought about it. <laughs> no, thought no, 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 yeah. no. Thought has you know who I want out of the whole list I just gave you guys? I want Rick Tockett. And not because he's a friend of the show. I really believe in his demeanor, the way he carries himself, the, the way he thinks about the game. I think he is an excellent coach in weight right now. Tockett will end up in Dallas next year. Ooh. I love the call of a team that has a coach. Wow. <laughs> well, I think the feeling is hopefully yeah. Rick's, Rick's going to. Hopefully he's not listening. He's yeah. going to shut it down. Okay. I think. Good fit. Good fit. I like that. If See, uh, Sagan was playing with a broken bone in his foot in the playoffs? Yeah. That's too bad. Makes it hard. That's twice now he's gotten uh, uh, injuries of significance. He had uh, hip surgery, didn't he, at the end of uh, last year? Old Tyler's got a case of the olds. He's, he's one of us. Okay, let's take a quick break. Luke Fox, one of those wily veteran media guys at uh, the availability of the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll get uh, his vibe on what he saw and heard. Great showing the Toronto today, Maple Leafs. Okay, Luke Fox after the break. Watching and listening. Real Kipper and Bourne. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's welcome in Luke Fox, NHL writer for Sportsnet.ca and uh, 
one of our key guys. Good question asker. Great question asker. And Luke, I got to be honest with you. Some in the room, like outside of what's your favorite color? <laughs> oh, for some, not all of them. You were great. Others were, there's some really good ones in the room, but there's other ones that are like, come on, try harder. <laughs> Outside think, of that, no, you don't have to comment, Luke. That's just me. <laughs> just fair. Being, no comment. Just, just, just me being a smart ass. That's all. Um, overall, your thoughts on today, because there's a mixture. Uh, you know, JB and, and Sammy came in a little heavy on the top of our show on. I kind of regret it. Not, not. Not hard enough. Not didn't get enough answers today. Well, I don't know. What are they going to say? Um, you know, I, what, one thing I came away with was I already thought that Shanahan was tied to Dubas and Dubas was tied to Keith. But now more than ever, I think this group is either going to win a cup or there's going to be a cleaning of the house at some point whenever ownership is tired of the group they they are locked in Mm -hmm. that that's that's one of the things i came away with um you know uh kyle dubas said he didn't even really think about the idea of giving barry trotz or or pete DeBoer a call like uh he is he is firmly going uh with sheldon and and i'm not saying it's the the wrong call but it, it to me it's uh it's really fascinating because Either this group is going to get rewarded for believing so hard and being so loyal and believing even harder when they lose again, or uh, they're going to be looked at as a group that was too stubborn and too proud maybe to adjust course. Just for the record, though, like you wouldn't expect anything less out of out of um, out of Kyle, like anything less on what he answered on the Barry Trotz question, you bury Sheldon. He's right. in the room. I see your point. Anything less than what he said, and you bury your Why head coach. Why can't you bury him, though? And, and you've, got your, you've got your lead. Yeah. But you, I don't think anyone lit a fire under anyone. Like not, right. Like, I, I didn't feel the players... You know, they didn't really challenge each other too much. They said, well, maybe we've got to give a little bit more effort. Uh, the coach didn't really challenge the players. They just, he talked about how uh, the foundation uh, he believed in, and he believes in the foundation even more now. Like, I, I don't, I just didn't get a sense that it was kind of like nothing, nothing's wrong, nothing to see here. If we stay the course, stick with the process, maybe tweak a few things, work a bit harder in the summer. I, I don't know. You know, to me, it it lacked a little something, but I think that's by design. I think that's, you know, that's the message you want to project. The sad thing to me is, like, I threw this poll out um, asking fans, you know, what what they thought needed changing. And, and you know, I was playing shooting with some buddies last night, and I think the, uh, the expectations have lowered around the city, and I think that's the sad thing here. Like, people just seem to be, like, just went around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and I think that's a dangerous thing. Like this, this could be, you know, some of the best players to ever put on that Jersey. No offense to you, Kipper. Appreciate and, it. <laughs> and, and, and the bar is, is went around now for yeah. a lot of people and the, the bar should be much higher. And I think that there should be a stronger push. And, you know, today is, is just talk, right? Like we'll see what, 
what Kyle's actions are, and and you know he could he could say one thing and do another, but right now the messaging at least publicly is is we're going to be fine if we just keep staying the course. Well, and Kipper made the point that you know the, they wanted to not make waves today. I think they accomplished that. That doesn't mean they can't still make waves. They can. They can go make waves. Yeah. They they want to stir it up, and I I get that whole aspect of it. Was there anyone between the players, coaches, management, whatever? who felt a little out of lockstep with the whole don't say anything interesting vibe. Like uh, it just felt to me like everyone kind of huddled up and decided on a tone and a message. And a lot of it was just, let's get through today without saying anything. Uh, Jason Spezza, I I think Um, just because, you know, this is, this is, uh, we've gone through this a few times with Jason and every other time he has come out and said, I want to keep playing hockey. I love playing hockey. I have more to give this time. There was a, a but and an if attached to his answers, and he was kind of like, you know, he had one line where he's like, I, I, I'm at a loss right now, honestly. Like, he wasn't sure what he was going to do, if he was going to go hit the gym or, or take a vacation or just hang out with his, his family and just, you know, give it some thought. Like, he seemed he seemed really devastated, and and you felt for the guy. Like, he seemed human. There, there, there was a lot of other answers that just seemed either a familiar because we heard them all last year or it was, you know, it seemed to be a PR message and they were all singing from the same songbook. But for, for Spezza, I mean, he's at a vastly different point in his career. Um, there was just a, a sadness and a loss where, where, where you felt for the guy. And, you know, he, he's like wondering if he did enough. And I'm kind of like, what more can you do? I mean, <laughs> you, you took the bare minimum. You're giving speeches. You're, you know, you're in and out of the lineup. But when you're in, you're trying your best. Like, uh, but that just kind of shows the the human side and the emotional side that you know this guy's devoted his life to this sport, and it it may have slipped through his fingers there against Tampa. Very seldom do you get to leave the way you like to, um, yeah. especially with a Stanley Cup over yeah. your head. That's the the last chase uh, before they kick you to the curb. And it happens to all of us. And unfortunately, that, that was the vibe today for Jason Spezza, that that tenure is coming to an end. Listen, what, what, whatever he wants to do, what little he wants to do or, or, or where he wants to go in the organization, there's, there is a sense that they, they can offer him something. You know, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of jobs. There's a lot of business cards floating around there. Surely to God they can find him something to do. I would be shocked if he does not end up in the Toronto Maple Leafs in some capacity, whether it's working with the kids, you know, like the, he, he, come, he hangs out and, and works with like Marley a lot of the time, or whether it's on the bench or whether it's in management, I think he can pretty much write his own ticket. I just think he needs some time to come to grips with whether his playing career is done, right? He's, he's got to go through that process. But he said if he, if he does play, there's only going to be one place in Toronto and he's been a rink rat his whole life. Like, Maybe he takes a year or something, but absolutely. I would be shocked if he doesn't end up with this organization. Travel abroad. A year from now, maybe there's a presidency job opening up, a general manager's <laughs> job, a head coaching job. Yeah. This time next year. Who knows? But this is where maybe you you lose the veteran presence, at least as a as a a player every day in the uh dressing room to Mark Giordano, it's kind of set up that way, right? Spets his torch over to Gio next year. I don't, I don't think 
Kyle would love anything more. And Gio spoke pretty openly. Like, I, I, one of the questions I asked him was, like, you know, when you get to free agency, um, people diff- prioritize different things. Some it's money, some it's where the family wants to live, the role you're going to play, right? And he just said, I want to win. And previously he had said that he thinks this group can get it done. And he spoke about, you know, it's no secret that I love being in Toronto. And, and I think that's a, that would be a huge win. Uh, for Dubas, you know, you have a guy come in, um, plays a solid, calm defense for less than market value. That would that would be huge. And uh, it seems like there's some real traction and desire to get that done. I, I I walked away feeling like there's a much better chance of that happening than than of the Campbell thing. That that is a, remains a question mark for me. Whereas Geo, if I'm a fan, I, I'm hopeful that they can find a way to make that work. All for the the core. Back next year, you think, Luke? Was that the vibe? That's what they're. That's the vibe. That was that was Billy's yeah. vibe. He, he kind of laughed off the suggestion that uh, his name will be out there again. He kind of just said, "Ah, oh, it's been that way ever since I, I've been here." Um, but you know, I, I wonder if, like, I feel like this is the year, this is the summer you have to look at it, and I just wonder if there's there's pressure on Dubis that that he's obviously not going to let on and, and tip his hand and, and show the other 31 GMs that he, that he's thinking about it. But um, the, the endorsement, the adamant endorsement of the, of the core forwards was less strong this time than uh, a year ago when they, when they got booted. Um, he, he wasn't giving up, standing up and saying we can and we will with all these guys. He was kind of like, we'll look at everything. I'm not going to make a lateral move. But hey, like, what if Arizona comes with a Jacob Chikrin package? You know, then maybe you got to look at it. Like, there's, there's, or St. Louis comes with a Colton Pareko package. Like, those are the types of deals where maybe you got to think about it. I'm not saying trade them for, for picks and prospects, but if there's a real hockey deal, I think this might be the, the summer he considers it. Luke, really appreciate your time as always, man. Thanks for doing this. Okay, love your show, guys. Keep it up. Thanks, Luke. Luke Fox, NHL writer for Sportsnet.ca. Is this panel or is uh, 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 the question, uh, the poll question, still up on the the board? His, it, yeah, his. Uh, I think I think we've timed out on it now, right? Seventy five percent of people. Yeah, but I, lo- I just back. I just looked at it. Let me just pull it up here uh, really quickly. Blah 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 blah. Uh, Jeopardy music, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So this poll got up to twenty seven thousand votes. Wow. So maybe it was just us talking about it. We gave them that bump he needed, you know. <laughs> Uh, 8.2% of people think that the front office should change. 9 8.2? 9% of people think that the coach should change. 15.9% of people think core four. And 669 says run it back with small moves. So if, if we think Spezza is going to be on his way out and Gio takes over the role of uh, daddy in the room... <laughs> Yeah. Right? Yeah. Can can Kyle and Brendan convince him to, to buy into the Jason Spezza 750 a year program? With a career afterwards? I got to tell you. And a job. Yeah, that's what I mean. Done. Yeah, yeah. I want $2 million. How that's, about I give you 750 and we pay you when you're done? That's the key. Here's, I'm hung up on what you said off the top of the show about how guys just want, guys would like the opportunity to be here as a retirement community. Right, be in their hometown, get the accolades. Not exact, you know. You want to win, 
you want to win, that'd be great. But if not, still pretty cool to have played here. Really cool. Trust me, I've milked it uh, every which way (laughs) as a Toronto boy. Right. So, yeah, I I don't know. I don't want the Leafs to be a retirement community for people who want to have a little, want to wear the jersey once. I don't know. There should be be some pressure to win. His first instinct was, I I want to win. That's good. And he has not had playoff success. He has not had playoff success. Correct. And Spezza, for the most part, I know he went to a final earlier in his career in Ottawa, yeah. but he's another guy who never had playoff success outside of that one year he went to but the you, final. You can't say these guys aren't grinding to get it done at the end of the career. Like, I don't think they looked at the Leafs and said, well, they don't have a great chance to win, but I want to go there because it's just because it's Toronto. Like, I think Spezza saw the Leafs and was like, I got a shot to win there. We all thought that when we got traded here or signed right. here or drafted right. here. Right, so it's not he just... put a saddle on the wrong horse. We boys. all, we all. It's the fantasy. <laughs> it's the fantasy of winning here. Okay, winning Carolina. All right, yeah. Pretty won sick. a Stanley Cup. But Amazing. No. Uh, no, no, I'm just mean like, yeah, yeah. I know. It's like, but it's not original six stuff. That's a whole new level. So you fantasize about that, and sometimes you get caught up into it so much that reality doesn't set in. And the reality was this organization has a tough time getting out of the first round. David Camp scores an OT in game six for Toronto. First round OT winner to move on. He's a legend. We we discussed even before on air, like, like, you know, I know we heard some lame questions out there. And what would you have asked today? What? What, uh, where would you have I, I gone have, today? You know, the in players, I thought that, you know, the players had the easiest go of it today. I think it would have been fair to say, you know, do you want the coach back? Do you think the the team is headed in the right direction? You know, a little bit more direct line of like, do you have doubts about what's being built do here you, or the do plan? You, do you have faith in management and coaching? Is the number one question. And I would it would be easy for the players to say, I do. Yeah. However, there are plenty of examples of players saying not exactly that mm-hmm. around the NHL and historically in these year-end meetings to say, well, you know, it's uh, not up to me. And they start to hedge and you get a vibe for how they really feel about it. I feel at the very least those guys should have to, uh, there's got to be big questions, right? If I'm a player on this team, I'm, I'm not sure about yeah. what's going on here. The one where I think Sheldon got off a little bit was the power play. I'm sorry, but I needed more accountability. How does one of the best power plays in Leaf history Mm -hmm. sink like a stone two years in a row? So if I'm either directing that to Kyle or Brendan, is that – is is going from like 35% to 14. Like, where's your first instinct to, to find out, uh, to get accountability on that? Does it go to the players or does it go to your coaching staff? It's a good question. Who do you put that on? Because it happened and it's bad. We who, all agree? Yeah. Okay. Is who? that, who is answers that your star for that? players? Is that your 40 million? Or yeah. is that the coaches not making adjustments and, and giving the guys better guidance to change things up? When you needed it. Well, it's another case where I think realistically and reasonably, you could say that that's on the players. You know, there is some element of this that's on the players. And there's just such a push to never say anything bad about anyone on your team. (laughs) I would have liked to have heard someone say, we need more from our guys. Our our players need to be better. Yeah. Do we hear that at all? The Players need to be better? The one I would have probably asked Brendan Shanahan to... 
was four years ago you asked some of these young star players, up-and-coming star players, that they're going to have to take less to win. And you convinced none of them to do it. Mm. You paid, if not fair market value, a little above. And I'm not saying that it, it wasn't the right thing to do or, you know, you are in the right wheelhouse, but you've never really had a, a, a contract where anybody's giving you a, a hometown discount. You can say the new Riley one is that. Can't you? Yeah. 7.5 yeah, times, whatever uh, it is, 7. Yeah, maybe, but, but, but he's not 9. He's not 9. He didn't give you a huge one because I'm not sure that you would put him up around the, the, the I top. Think if he's UFA, he gets he nine. probably gets 8 or 9, yeah. No, he gets nine. I, I don't think he gets 9. Okay, but yeah, maybe, Kipper, maybe he's the exception. If Morgan Riley hits the open market this yeah. summer, he's getting $9 million a year. I don't believe that for one second. Doug what? Hamilton just no. got 9 really? five, didn't he? Yes, and I think that was a mistake. And I think Darnell Nurse them. was a mistake too. Yeah, but people yeah. make the mistakes. Is and, what and that's the fair enough. For yeah, that's fair enough. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So, with the exception of Morgan, but my my question would have been because because your your four core guys didn't give you a hometown discount. How much did that slow the process to where you are today? Then you once again have to throw your own guys under the bus, and they just won't. Just say like, do you think it's a major factor? Hundred percent. Okay. I do. Yes. But then again, you know, the philosophy, the, the cap didn't go up and, uh, yeah. Okay. We have, Anyways. um, we have three minutes for six clips to preview both series, to do texts and YouTube comments to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay. Two games tonight. Yeah. What do two, we have? Yeah. We got the battle of Florida, which I gotta be honest, the wounds are still pretty fresh. You can't watch that. It's going to eh? be really tough. I, I, I probably will. I'm going to watch it. I'll, too. I'll, I'll put it on, but I, it's, I'll be flicking. Jays will be the primary before Colorado and Blues. Let's just say that. Yeah, I watched Kikuchi work his way through <laughs> the other night rather than hockey. I just, well, they, they didn't. There was no hockey last night, so you're, you're in the clear. Right. Can the Blues upset Colorado? Yes. Because I picked the Blues. I do think so. And they're the, Blues are probably the team I'm rooting for the most. Plus 360. Plus 360. Good value. Huge value. Not to mention Bennington in the last round played the last three games as like a 950 save percentage. Guy who, when he gets hot, he's confident. He's been there. And you know what? This Colorado team, three years ago, they lost in the second round. Two years ago, they lost in the second round. Last year, they lost in the second round. They're up against St. Louis, who's been there, got a goal so lead, what you're saying is, <laughs> So what you're saying is, okay, but that Nathan McKinnon and that Makar... I know. They're, okay, un- he's, they're unstoppable, those two. He's modern-day Bobby Orr, is he not? Makar's amazing. And I mean, that's I think that's probably the best second-round series, right? Yeah, Florida-Tampa's awesome. Eh. Florida-Tampa is awesome. Yeah, maybe Florida has the most goals per game in like 25 years, and Tampa has Vasilevsky so, and this c- huge decor. What should Leaf fans want you- in that series? What if Florida uh, sweeps Tampa? Just makes mockery I, I, of Tampa. I, not are they? They're not watching. <laughs> but if there's what, one, if there's one result that makes you they feel want better Tampa or worse, to stomp Florida. That would be validating if Tampa just went out there and owned Florida, no, right? Florida but Tampa. Tampa would piss the Leaf fans. It would off piss more. them off, but so they should want Tampa to win. Yes, they should want Tampa to, to, to win make, the next twelve if Tampa games. Tampa wins and win the, the Stanley Cup. Cup. Sammy, you're going to feel better about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bud. Okay, no. bud. <laughs> There's nothing that's going to make our Sammy feel better. Yeah. Yeesh. All right, our thanks to Elliot Friedman, the best storyteller in the game.
Do we have any other guests? Uh, Luke Fox. Oh, Luke. Exactly. We just talked to Luke. Yeah. Sorry. Luke that's Fox, my Fox. Six, six concussions. <laughs> my head's spinning. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. Download our podcast. Give us a rating and review. And we're back tomorrow. Real Kipper and Born.